0: welcome to any questions a podcast about conception pregnancy and realistic motherhood follow along on my journey as i ask the questions we all have when it comes to getting pregnant staying pregnant and becoming parents i'm not an expert and i have no experience i'm going through it all just like you so thanks for being here and let's get into it Hello, and welcome back to Any Questions. Thanks again for being here with me on this conception, fertility, infertility, trying to conceive, pregnancy journey. <laughs> um, before I dive into the episode, I'll give you a little bit of an update on me in case you're curious. It is currently day two of my new cycle. So, as I uh, predicted, I think the last time I recorded, I thought my period was coming. Um, I think I was coming to the end of the two-week wait, and I was pretty sure that um, we weren't pregnant just because I had been spotting quite a bit. And uh, yep, I was correct. I got my period. I actually ended up getting it um, in the middle of like a big family dinner with like lots of babies and aunts and uncles and relatives and everyone. It was fine. I mean, I'm you know prepared. <laughs> I know how to handle myself. It was just kind of funny that like in a room of babies, and with people who often ask us when we're going to have a baby, um, it was kind of funny to be like, well, not not nine months from now, that's for sure. Um, not that I shared any of that, but just ah, funny. So yeah, so I'm on day two of my new cycle. So currently, you know, have my period right now. Um, I guess pros and cons, obviously cons being, you know, not pregnant, that's um, unfortunate since we want to be pregnant. Um, but I guess the good part of it is this was a pretty short cycle for me. If you've uh, been a long time listener, you know, I have PCOS and I've had some really, really long cycles back in the spring. I had, uh, like I think a 135 day cycle or something absolutely wild like that. So this cycle was, I believe 29 days, um, which is, you know, very normal. (laughs) So that's kind of exciting that, um, it was a pretty normal cycle and uh using my ovulation predictor kit test strips as well as just like checking cervical mucus um it looks like i did time um my ovulation like i did get those days correct um unfortunately you know we did do the deed on those days and we didn't get pregnant so that sucks um but i guess just in terms of timing things are looking pretty good And, uh, hopefully, well, I should, yeah, (laughs) barring anything absolutely wild happening with my body, I should have at least one more cycle before the end of the year, if not two. Um, so that's, yeah, that's all, that's all good news, I guess, in terms of, um, you know where things are at, or as good as they could be. I guess when you're not pregnant <laughs> with your current cycle, and like I shared, I think in the last episode, um, you know I like to think of some of the pros of not being pregnant and some of the pros for this round. Where, like I said, we're moving uh, shortly. By the time you listen to this, I think we'll be like a week out from our move, and I would hate to be, you know, feeling uh, nauseous and morning sick and stuff like that during our move. So that's really nice. And um, if you know, my mom is currently traveling right now, so I wouldn't get to announce a pregnancy to her in person, which would be sad. So I'm excited that, um, she'll be home by the time, uh, our next chance of pregnancy <laughs> rolls around. So all of that is exciting. Um, and I still am holding out, you know, a little bit of hope. I do have at least one, if not two cycles, uh, left for the rest of 2022. So, you know, maybe there's, um, there's a glimmer of hope. And I think one thing that I'm kind of holding on to, um, you know, as I approach sort of the end of this year, you know, and you get close to the end of the year, there's all of these thoughts of, you know, what goals did I achieve? What do I want to achieve next year? How was the year? Looking back, reflecting. And I guess for me, that also sort of coincides with when we started uh, trying to get pregnant. We started trying last holiday season. So like last Christmas, um, 2021, I guess that was sort of our first um, attempt, <laughs> um, in like less than ideal circumstances. I wasn't properly testing for ovulation. I don't think I was testing at all actually. And we were on, um, not vacation, but we were like at my parents' home on the other side of the country for the holidays. So we didn't have like a ton of privacy. <laughs> uh, there was lots of family events and things like that. So it wasn't, uh, the best time to conceive. And obviously we did not conceive, but I remember that like, you know, first time it was so weird to be like, Whoa, you know, we've had Years of preventing pregnancies, and now we're we're not. And I remember my husband saying to me, like, "Whoa, like this time next year, you know, like next Christmas, we could have a baby." And I was like, "Oh, makes me kind of sad actually to say it, say it now because now we're looking at like you know, it is next Christmas. It's a whole year later." Obviously, we're not going to have a baby by Christmas. Um, and it's a little sad to be like, okay, we're not, you know, not only do we not have a baby by Christmas, but like, we're not even pregnant by Christmas. And I know that was like, a, a totally wild thing to say. And even I think in the moment when he said it, I was like, whoa, calm down. Like, <laughs> this could take us a minute, we probably are not going to have a baby by Christmas. Like, that's really quick. And I know it's, you know, the average couple, it takes them a year and we're not even at the year yet. And We obviously have the PCOS and other, you know, health issues to be dealing with. So we're probably not the average couple. Um, but yeah, I think it just, it sticks out in my mind quite a bit, that, that Christmas marker of that being obviously when we started trying, we're coming up on a year and the fact that like in another life, we could be, we could be ringing in this Christmas with our baby is kind of, oh, it's kind of making me sad to be quite honest. <laughs> um, but Holding on to a glimmer of hope that maybe if not, you know, this Christmas, next Christmas, and maybe we'll still have some good news by this Christmas. Who knows? There's not a ton of time to to make that happen, but um, holding on to a little glimmer of hope there. So that's where I'm at. Uh, apparently I just cry every episode now. Um, but that is sort of what inspired this topic actually. Um, planning for a future, thinking ahead when you're trying to conceive and you have no idea when you're gonna be pregnant and why that is so friggin difficult. So let's dive in. So obviously always you know planning for the future is tough. You never know what's gonna happen, no day is guaranteed crazy wild things can happen, like, you know, pandemics and wars and things like that, which is absolutely wild that that is part of our reality. Um, But I think it's, you know, it's doubly hard when it's um, trying to conceive when you're trying to get pregnant, because, you know, not only is that obviously an extremely emotional time that impacts everything, you know, family, work, finances, vacations, all of those sort of things, but you really have no idea how long it's going to take. Like, you know, you could get pregnant right away, And all of a sudden, you know, you've got nine months, and maybe that makes things really difficult. If you're in a housing situation where, you know, you need to change houses, buy a new place, rent a new place. Um, If you were in a situation that we found ourselves in where your landlords, well, not kick you out, but essentially kind of kick you out because they want to move into the place, and then you're stuck trying to find something new, and maybe you don't want to get, you know, you don't want to be doing that pregnant or, I don't know, lots of things. Um, you know, your job, maybe you're trying to change jobs, or you just changed jobs, and now you're going to have to go on um, parental leave right away. Maybe there are some rules around that. If you have any vacations on the books or weddings, a lot of people, you know, destination weddings, they plan those more than a year in advance. So if you get pregnant, there's a chance in the next nine months, you're already committed to some vacation and wedding plans that you now won't be able to, to see. So that's You know, difficult if it happens right away, very hard to plan. And then on the other hand, it could take years. Um, You could be, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You hear of couples who, you know, 10, 15 years of trying uh, to get pregnant or to, you know, grow their family in some way. And, you know, you don't really want to be putting your life on hold and saying no to things and not going on vacations and not accepting wedding invitations and not moving homes and not changing jobs and things like that, because you're just waiting to get pregnant or waiting to grow your family in some fashion. Um, and, you, you know, you could be in that same situation for weeks, for months, for years, and you don't really want to just sit on your thumbs and wait. So that's sort of the fun, the fun Um the difficulty of, you know, planning your life and your future when you are trying to conceive, because it could happen right away, or it could take years, and the whole time you're not allowed to tell anyone, because it's a whole big secret, which I talk about a lot in past episodes, you know, the pros and the cons of the TTC time being secret, but because, you know, most couples, most families, people do choose to keep their conception journey private, it's hard because you can't really explain that to someone if someone's saying, like, okay, yeah, you know, we want to book, well, my own example <laughs> next summer, um, one of my uh cousins-in-law, I guess, a cousin on my husband's side is getting married. And, um, you know, they're all excited about it. Big destination wedding in Hawaii. And there's been all this talk about like, okay, make sure, you know, you get the time off work and make sure, oh, we want to all book our flights together. And okay, let's, you know, let's book rooms in the hotel quick. There's a hotel block, you know, they only have so many rooms. And it's so funny because obviously, you know, it's a big destination wedding. They've been planning it for probably, you know, 18 months in advance when they started their planning. And in the back of my mind, I'm just going, well, if I'm pregnant, I'm not going to come. Well, if I have a baby, I'm not going to come. And I don't really want to commit to hotel blocks and flights and things like that, um, you know, because we might not be able to attend. But I can't tell you that because we're not really sharing our pregnancy, trying to conceive journey. Uh, So it's, yeah, it's very difficult. So this is (laughs) one of the harder times in life to make plans and plan for the future because it is such a huge, momentous thing. And because you just have no idea how long it's going to take. So when we first started our TTC journey way back in December 2021, (laughs) um, I spent a lot of time thinking it was going to happen right away. I think a lot of people, when you first start this journey, you either, either it does happen right away and you have no idea that other people have to wait, or you figure it out. Uh, you know, you end up. Two months in three months in six months in ten months in a year two years three years and you're like oh wow yep this can take some time <laughs> this is a journey but at the beginning you have no idea and you kind of think yeah of course you know all my life i've been preventing pregnancy the minute i stop preventing it it should happen right it should happen right away um definitely thought you know those first one two three cycles like yep this is it for sure it happened i was so obsessed about planning out timelines um i'm a planner by nature i love thinking about the future and planning out, you know, vacations and things like that. So I had spreadsheets going where I would put in like, okay, this was the conception date. This is when, you know, we'll be able to get the positive test. This is when the first trimester ends, This is when the second trimester ends, this is the due date. And then, you know, based on that, okay, here's a good week for us to have a baby shower. Here's a good week for the baby moon. Here's when we can tell our family. Here's when I want to do a maternity photo shoot. I did it all. Like you are probably thinking I'm, a little bit not so right now, and you would be correct. So I would do that for every single cycle. Like I would map everything out and because my cycles are so irregular, it's not like it was just like, okay, it's October 15th or it's November 15th or it's December 15th, just push it all forward a month. It would be like, okay, push it forward like 45 days. Okay, now 75 days, okay, 135 days. So it was a little bit all over the place and doing those timelines in the moment was really fun. I loved looking out and being like, okay, this could be our next year. Um, or even two years, you know, because as I talked about on the podcast before, we have plans to do this kind of big baby trip during um, my partner's parental leave, we're going to do slow travel through Europe for probably nine to 12 months of um, our baby's first 18 months, I guess the plan is to kind of stay home for the first six months and then sort of be out traveling for the next 12. It's a little wild. I know I talked about it in a previous episode. So you can head back and listen to that if you think I'm crazy, or if you are intrigued and would like to plan something similar, that's what we're thinking. Um, so I love putting together timelines for that and being like, oh, okay. You know, if we leave in January, then I want to be in, you know, Southern Spain. So it's not so cold and things like that. Um, putting together those plans. So for me, it's basically just an excuse to trip plan. Um, but I used to get like really, really obsessed with it and would um, be so disappointed when those timelines didn't come true when we weren't pregnant and things you know would fall to the wayside and I would delete the column and then start fresh the next time. And I'd be really worried about things like I already shared you know that wedding in Hawaii next summer that we you know probably aren't going to be able to go to. And thinking about things like, okay, if, you know, we're planning to give up our apartment when, um, when we leave for the big baby trip, okay, when do we have to be in a place that we're, you know, happy to stay in for at least nine months or 10 months? And what about when we come back? So just doing a lot of thinking about um, our lives, housing and jobs and vacations and weddings, and really trying to plot it all onto a timeline based on when I may or may not be pregnant. So that took up probably a lot of the first, I don't know, six, seven, eight months of us trying to conceive. And I won't lie, I still do the little timelines. I enjoy that. I'm a little bit less um, high strung about it now. I'm not as minute with all the details, but I do like just sort of looking out and saying like, oh, okay, what would the due date be? Oh, that's exciting. Um, But I think as, as we kept going in this journey, as we kept not being pregnant and the year, you know, kept going on. um, I did become a little bit less obsessed with the timelines and the planning ahead and stressing over dates. And I think part of it was, I keep coming back to this conversation that I had with my mother-in-law back in September, where she shared with me that it took her like, I think she said, you know, 10 years to conceive my husband, her son. Um, And that, you know, the doctors told her she could never get pregnant. And just for some reason, hearing that from her it was like a weight off my shoulders. Cause I know, you know, she was one of the ones not pressuring us, but you know, she definitely wants to um, have a grand baby close to her. And she wants to take over that grandmother role. And I think she's kind of waiting to retire <laughs> until we have a baby and she knows that's, you know, something that we want. So she's excited for us, but I, I did feel not so much pressure, but just, um, whatever a little less than pressure is maybe just like, um encourage eh, i don't know encouragement seems too happy anyways there was you know a presence her presence was known her feelings on a baby were known and it was almost you know a feeling of like letting her down or or things like that you know at the worst case i don't want to be the person who's like responsible for her not retiring, which is obviously completely untrue. Like I know me having a baby doesn't impact her retirement at all. Like she can retire anytime she wants. And it's not up to me to give her a reason to retire. Um, But it was always, you know, it's just, it's a little thing in the back of your head, right? So I think hearing that from her, hearing that she had her own fertility struggles, So not only could like relate to what we were going through, but you know, it could even be a genetic thing because my mom also had fertility struggles. Um, For some reason that just took a ton of weight off of my shoulders. And ever since that conversation in September, I've been feeling a lot more relief um, and just sort of accepting the highs and the lows of this journey. I talked about in a recent episode, sorry, my dog is deciding this is a great time to go crazy, play with all her toys and run around. Uh, So apologies if you can hear her in the background. Um, But I talked about in a recent episode how um, every cycle, every time I have my two-week wait, I always do a ton of um, Googling. Like I like to look up all the different symptoms and see what's what. And this most recent cycle actually didn't Google at all. There was like one or two times where I kind of wanted to. And I didn't, and and I'm kind of proud of myself for not giving it because I know it would just send me down like, you know, a big spiral internet black hole. And I'd be looking up all these different articles that are basically, you know, just me looking for that little glimmer of hope that this is a real symptom or something like that. So, um, I have been feeling less, you know, obsessed and stressed over this whole thing. And I know, you know, we're doing our best, (laughs) we're doing what we can when we can. I, um, Still, you know, testing for ovulation and things like that, but I'm not doing it to the same obsessive level. I haven't taken my temperature in a really long time, not freaking out about that. And I know we're also going through the process of, you know, we've done a number of like blood tests and semen analysis tests. And I've had some tests to do with my PCOS and things like that. So we're doing what we can um, both to like conceive naturally and also to move us along in the process if we do need to do any fertility Um, treatments, which is probably a 2023 problem. Um, So I've I've been feeling better about it lately. And basically what I've sort of come to, you know, after having all of those months of being really, really obsessed with the timeline and panicked about the future and how we can plan and what we can do, and then, you know, coming into this space of being a little bit more relieved, a little bit less stressed about it, is basically my goal is that I don't want to stop living my life just because we're trying to conceive. And I don't want to put life on hold. I don't want to wait. I don't want to be in this space of um, saying no to things and turning things down and not living my life just because we might get pregnant. And my reasoning there is that when I do get pregnant, I also don't want to stop living life just because I'm pregnant. I still want to do the things I love to do, you know, as much as I can. And when I'm a mother, I also don't want to stop living life just because I'm a mother. I still want to travel and... I don't know. I don't do that many exciting things. Travel is kind of my big one. Um, But I still want to be able to do, you know, the things that I love and I want to live my life and I want to make decisions and say yes to things uh, while I'm trying to conceive, while I'm pregnant, and while I'm a mother. So if that's my plan for the rest of my life, like, it should just start right now. So. That is the goal, not to press pause on my life just because I'm trying to conceive. (laughs) Of course, that is one thing to say. It's very easy to say that. It is very hard to live it. It's hard. It's hard to plan for the future. It's hard to say yes. It's hard to put things in action and not just wait when you do have something on the horizon, right? You have no idea what the future is going to look like. And it's hard, especially for someone like me who is a big planner. I love spreadsheets. I love you know, five-year plans of looking out and thinking ahead and planning for what life is going to look like. So it's very difficult to do that knowing something could pop up. Um, So right now I am trying to just keep living and planning as if nothing is going to change. So I'm saying yes to opportunities. I'm planning trips. I'm, you know, going forward with projects at work or, you know, accepting new clients or, committing to, you know, a rental house that works perfectly for me and my husband and may or may not work for a baby <laughs> things like that, but taking some extra precautions while I'm doing it. So for example, with trips that we have booked for 2023 I'm making sure that everything we have booked is fully refundable. Um, some of the airline tickets I'm not sure are so refundable, but that's okay. But you know, hotels and activities and things like that I'm making sure all of those are fully refundable, which I think is just a good idea in general, in a post COVID world or a, you know, during COVID still here kind of world. It's a good idea to be able to (laughs) have full refunds, get travel insurance, that sort of thing. Um, you know, with our the new house that we're moving into, or it's an apartment. Yes, it works great for me and my husband, but also we can very easily fit in a crib and a change table, or a bassinet, or a mobile. You know, a PlayStation. Some not a PlayStation. You know what I mean? A little docket top thing to put a baby in. <laughs> we have that sort of space. It's not the kind of um, you know, it's not a studio. It's not somewhere we would have to move out of immediately if we got pregnant with work. You know. I'm committing to more projects and taking on more clients, but not in a way that would, you know, really alter my life if I had a baby in nine months or if I had to stop working for whatever reason. So I am saying yes to things. I am making decisions. I'm planning for the future, but with like little caveats that kind of protect me just to make me feel a bit better. And honestly, even on the things where, you know, I'm not fully protected. So flights that maybe are not refundable, um, whatever, things like that, you know, if we have to lose a little bit of money, if we have to cancel plans, if we have to, you know, say no to something that we originally said yes to, I think that would be okay. Because obviously, it would be because we are pregnant, and we have a baby. And that's super exciting. So go ahead and keep my money, Fiji Airways. (laughs) You can have it, you can have my however many thousands of dollars I have given you, um, if it means I get to have a baby. That's super, super exciting. Um, And I would much rather, you know, make those plans, go to New Zealand, go to the UK, go to weddings, take on awesome projects at work, move into a house I love. I would much rather do those things than not do them and spend many months or many years, you know, sitting on my hands and just waiting just in case, just in case we get pregnant. I can't say yes, just in case we get pregnant. I can't do this thing and becoming so much more obsessed and like resentful almost of the TTC process for, you know, holding me back from living my life. I'd much rather lose a bit of money or have to cancel some plans or, you know, postpone things, um, than just sit and wait and not make any moves. And I guess the good news is, you know, even if I got pregnant tomorrow, which obviously is not physically possible <laughs> for where I'm at in my cycle, Um, but regardless, you know, if you get pregnant tomorrow, next week, next month, you always have nine months or, you know, if your baby's premature, you have whatever, six to nine months, six to 10 months of time before the baby shows up. So it's not like, you know, you get pregnant and then the day after they're going to hand you a baby and you've got to figure out your whole life. Um, if you are, if that's how you're bringing a baby into your life, you know, through pregnancy, your own pregnancy, you do have that nine month window to make plans, to, Cancel things, postpone things, try to get money back to prepare your home, your work, your life, whatever you need to do. So that's a comfort to me as well, knowing that it's not going to be this big instant change and that I will have time to make plans and figure things out. Lastly, before I leave you, now that my dog is just tap, tap, tapped her way around the entire apartment, we got to get her little slippers or we got to get a carpet or something in here. I apologize for the sound. Um, I just want to end with this thought that, like, they always say, you know, people always say that, oh, as soon as you stop trying, that's when it happens, right? You always, always hear that. And I know myself, I know I'm not going to stop trying. I am still going to track ovulation. I'm still going to note, you know, cervical mucus and symptoms and temperature. I, I can't turn my brain off, right? Like I'm going to be thinking about those things. We are trying to have a baby. We are actively <laughs> trying to have a baby. It's it's not something I'm ready to give up on yet. Um, but I do think taking this approach of you know, living life and saying yes to things and not being as obsessive with all of the tracking and recording and symptom measuring and things like that. I do think that's going to be a much better approach, not just for, you know, okay, maybe we'll get pregnant now because we're being a bit more chill and (laughs) relaxed about it, but also just for myself, for my own you know, physical and mental and emotional health. I think it's going to be so much better if I am living my life and not being 100% focused on trying to conceive. Um, I think that's going to be a lot better for me too, for myself, for my relationship, for my (laughs) friends and family around me probably, who, you know, probably noticed that I was quite a bit more stressed in the spring. Um, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I am feeling positive about that approach, sort of going into... Uh, start, you know, almost going into year two of this TTC journey. I'm feeling a lot better about just, you know, living life, not letting this put my life on hold, but obviously this still being something that we are working towards in a more healthy and relaxed kind of way. So I hope that that is something that resonates with you. And if not, I hope I can send you some, I don't know, relaxing vibes. (laughs) I hope you are still able to get out there and live your life as much as possible if you are currently trying to conceive. All the best. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Any Questions, a podcast about conception, pregnancy, and realistic motherhood. If you liked hearing from me, I'd really appreciate it if you could do all the things. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend. Even if I wasn't able to answer all of your questions, I hope there's some relief in knowing you're not alone in asking them. Thanks so much for being here.